Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. Concerning spiritual gifts. Has anyone ever had questions about spiritual gifts in church? Hands up, anyone. Any, any, anyone wondered, like, what are all the spiritual gifts really about? Some of you here think we might be a, a little bit loosey-goosey, happy-clappy, slightly on the unplanned side, and you're unnerved by all the people praying out, not on order of service, you know, where's the vicar, where's the order of service, where was that planned prayer, etc., etc. And you might feel a bit unnerved by a meeting like this. You've got questions. Some of you, you know, this is way too tame. You know, you come from like crazy Pentecostal churches where there's can-cans down the front and all sorts of things going on and celebrate. And you think, no, no, we've got to whip this up a little bit more. And you might have questions about like, where are the spiritual gifts? But I think we've all have at some point had questions about what, what, are, what are they? And what are they for? And why do they sometimes feel a bit strange? Anyone ever felt that? I grew up in a Presbyterian church. Any Presbyterians in the house? Oh, amen. All right. I don't know what your Presbyterian is, but my Presbyterian was very much stand up, sit down, hymn book, that kind of Presbyterian. No, not your Presbyterian. I didn't think so. Okay. So my, I grew up as an early child, as an early child, as a young child, um, in a church that it was very much planned. And no one did anything that wasn't in the script. And then in the early 90s, some of you will know of something called the Toronto Blessing. It was a church in uh, Canada, Toronto, that was blessed mightily in the Holy Spirit. So much so that people were being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking out in tongues for the first time. People who have never experienced spiritual gifts began to prophesy, have words of knowledge. They would fall on the floor. There was a lot of emotion. And what happened is that people began to travel to this church to encounter God. And then when they went back to their home churches, they would pray for people and they would meet God powerfully. And not just, well, that was a good service, but they would fall on the floor. They would break down weeping. They would praise God with tongues. They would start to prophesy. There was an encounter with God that changed them. And so me and my family, we went to HTB because one of the churches that was experiencing some of these blessings, and we moved to the church to encounter what on earth is going on with these spiritual gifts. And I remember as like a 12, 13 year old, like we'd have the worship, and then I'd go out to the youth group and then I'd come back to the back of church and I would walk into what felt like a war scene because the chairs had been moved out of the way and there were bodies everywhere and people were crying, some were laughing, some were praying for people and I, I was like what on earth is going on in here and I remember being in one of the youth meetings and I stepped outside for some reason and the youth leader said he just said this very like like off-the-cuff thing he said God's really in there and it struck me like God he's in there where I was like I didn't I didn't know I thought it was just worship he said God's in there and it struck me like we're encountering a he's in there God and suddenly this awakening in my heart I was like what are these what is all this about and I went to university and uh, when you go to university as a, a young Christian, you, you meet 
Christians from every spectrum and it's quite an interesting time. You meet people who are very conservative and you meet people who are very crazy and everything in between. And I met quite a few crazy Christians who would like in the Holy Spirit and pray for people and speak in tongues. And I, I, by this time, having had this experience, I, used to be, I was like, I need to know. And I was searched out and I asked. And I remember once when I was in a prayer meeting, a citywide prayer meeting, and I felt for the first time, I had this Bible verse that dropped into my mind. I looked it up and I thought, I think I need to share this with the person who's leading the prayer meeting. And I, do you know what I did? Being a faithful Christian, I sat on it and I stewed and I stressed out. Is it from God? Is it not from God? Should I? Is it part of the flow of the Spirit? And I questioned and I questioned and I questioned until the moment had moved on. And I thought, oh, okay. But I still had this burning. And then this person who didn't know me very well came over from the other side of the meeting while everyone had moved on to pray for something. And she said, I have three pictures for you. I said, I hadn't had anyone give me a picture before. I said, one is you, you're in a white water raft, but you're not actually pushing out and going because you keep checking your safety harnesses. And another one is in your helicopter getting ready to jump out in a parachute, and yet you're not jumping out because you keep checking your safety harnesses. And the third picture, well, I, thought, I probably guess where you're going with this, it says, I see you in a car, but you never drive it because you keep checking your seatbelt and never actually. I was like, all right, enough with the pictures, I get the point. But what happened was, I, I mean, she didn't know what was going That was all in my head. And suddenly she prophesied into my life and I knew God is alive and he speaks and he works with spiritual gifts. I suddenly knew like that the, there is an uncontroversial, he works, present day, right now. I went back to the vicar of HDB, Sandy Miller at the time, and thinking about Baptist ministry or Anglican ministry and trying to do, and, and he stopped mid-conversation and says, do you pray in tongues? And at the time I didn't pray in tongues. And he said, I think we should pray for you to pray in tongues. So just me and him in his living room, two white English people together, nothing else, no mood music, no one in the corner playing keyboard to warm things up. And he said, are you full of faith to receive the gift of tongues? And in my heart of hearts, I really wasn't sure. I don't even know what that means to be full of faith. But what I did know is that if there is something from God, I don't want to miss out. So I said, yes. I don't want to miss out from God. If there is something out there, I want to make myself available. He said, great, let's stand up. So me and him, no mood music, standing in his living room. He prayed to me and he said, right now, you, prayer in tongues. <laughs> and I had a choice in that moment. <laughs> it might, like, it's just me and him. I'm standing, this much older man, number I really respect, prayer in tongues. Just go... I had to make a choice. Am I going to step into this? Am I going to take the seatbelt off or am I going to stay and just think, no, I'll bypass. So I just stepped out and I didn't know what was going to come out of my heart and I began to praise God in tongues. And the first thing I thought, you know what? I thought, I'm making this up. <laughs> That's my first thought. I didn't see angels. I didn't feel the presence of God fall. My first thought was, you're making this up, Daniel. And he encouraged me to press through because the flesh often kicks in and demonic influences want to, they don't want you to walk in the power of the spirit, right? And so I began to think, and he said, no, you practice, you pray, continue to use the gift of tongues, exercise it, and you'll continue and grow and walk in the Holy Spirit. So that's what I did. And I went back, 
I began to see more and more and still to this day I'm surprised but like Pete said surprised when you pray and prophesy something if anyone's ever had that experience it's still a surprise God is actually real this constant reminder he's alive he has his eyes on us right now you know he's not absent more interested in other church his eyes are on us right now interested in giving us gifts edifying strengthening being with us his presence being with us why do i say all of this there are many other stories to tell i've had to work through this myself and so i don't know how you come today and i I, as we go into these next few weeks and months how you feel like hey i'm i'm ready i'm born pentecostal like tell me when i can do it i'm there some of you are like you're in your head you're academic you're cautious you think like you might need some but it's for us and really as a church we want to walk into the deeps with god in this season we've been prophesied over and we, we felt god speak to us almost this time last year about growing up and maturing as a church and a large part of what that means is that each and every one of us growing and deepening in our walk with god and our exercising of spiritual gifts so it's not just reliant on one or two of us. So I think what it means is when we come to church, our posture is not like, I just got there on time. I'm just here. I wonder what the sub- subject's going to be about. Kind of like sit back, like, hmm, let's watch church today. But our posture is, let me, be, when I'm on the bus, we be praying, God, it's, how can I bless someone? Would you give me something to serve one another so that we all might grow and edify, not just microphone to a congregation, but one to another, left to right, right to left, behind the person, praying for people over coffee, afterwards, lunch, the church departs from this building, amen, and we operate in the spiritual gifts so that we might be built up. This is how we are going to grow together. And I think there are two, two equal and opposite mistakes we can make. The first is that we can be really cautious about spiritual gifts. And that might be some of you. You keep, you keep them at arm's length. You might have been hurt by people misusing spiritual gifts. People do misuse spiritual gifts. There can be manipulation. There can be hype. You can have people prophesy that it's actually completely not correct. Not all prophecy in the New Testament is true. As Pete said, we weigh it. We think about it. We don't accept everything blindly. And some of you have been hurt, so you keep, you keep it at bay. Sometimes it's personality. You just prefer things like knowing what's going to happen. You just control plan let me work to the plan you just prefer that so you keep gifts at at bay some of you it's like let's just be biblical and i think there's this feeling sometimes that spiritual gifts is like this cherry on top thing it's like hey we can do church we can do church really well like we can do all the stuff we can do church and if we have spiritual gifts it's like the cherry on the top it's the icing on the cake it's like that was a particularly good Sunday because there were a few spiritual gifts used. Let's just be biblical. But the issue is, if you just want to be biblical, what happens when you read the Bible and want to be biblical? The Bible leads us to the Spirit of God and tells us, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So if you want to be biblical, you're going to have to step into something emotionally and experientially and relationally where God is active 
in a moment. So we can't just be biblical and learn, 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 because as soon as we sit down and learn with the Bible, it takes us into an experience with the Holy Spirit. And what happens when the Spirit comes upon the church, it gives us this hunger and this desire to go back to the Word. So the Word leads us to the Spirit, and the Spirit takes us to the Word, and we're built up with the Bible open and the Holy Spirit in our hearts. I loved what how Fiona corrected herself because I knew what she was saying. You know, everyone close your hearts as we pray. It's like <laughs> the exact opposite of what we want to do. But I, I love like really knowing, like, no, we want open hearts to the Holy Spirit. So we can't be biblical just with an open Bible learning in our heads. To be truly biblical means an open heart. And then the other mistake is that we jump into the gifts of the Holy Spirit without thinking. Like, I don't, I don't care what happens. Like, the more emotional, the more chaotic, the better. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to weigh things. There doesn't need to be any order. Like, and you measure the, like, how good or passionate or how filled with God is a church is, is like by how like, crazy and emotional it all gets. The more emotional, the better. This is what was happening in Corinth. They were probably influenced by pagan influences where pagan worship... Is, was basically and sometimes still is a, this state that you have to get into where you basically detach your soul from your mind and it's an emotional state that you have to to get into so in 1 kings 18 if you know the bible stories from sunday school you know the prophets of baal they got themselves into a frenzy they put their minds to one side so much so that they even began kind of forgetting themselves and cutting themselves and it seems that some of this pagan influence was in the church in corinth so that they thought the more mindless it became and more emotional and more frenzied it became the more spiritual it was so i would imagine the church in corinth was quite an exciting place to be but like no one really knew what was going on like let alone the leaders if you were a guest amongst it you're like this i have no idea like it seems like it's a powerful place but you don't they were influenced by this kind of worship and so what paul is doing is and it's interesting because he doesn't say to the church you know like guys you have gone way over the top you know if i was paul i'd be like guys 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 you just be quiet for a minute and let me teach the bible and let's do this in order he doesn't actually say that. He doesn't say guys calm it down with the spiritual gifts he seems to do something like irresponsible because he says time and time again would you pursue the spiritual gifts so he doesn't say like okay like no pursue them like at the beginning beginning of chapter 14 he says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy and he says now i want you all to speak in tongues but even more to prophesy and he says again in uh, verse 15 of chapter 14 he says what am i to do he's like looking at the church like, what am i to do what am i to do with you guys he says i will pray with my spirit but i will also pray with my mind i will sing praise with my spirit but i will also sing uh, sing with my mind also he stokes up the spiritual gifts in the church and as he does that he teaches order and a correct way of doing things so that the church is built up because i think we're still influenced by some of the things that the church in corinth were that two things in particular i think that don't help us sometimes eastern spirituality even today is quite influential this idea that if you your emotions you can detach them from your mind and if you can get yourself into a state i keep hearing more and more about it could just be like the algorithm 
telling me things but mushrooms i mean people seem to be taking mushrooms a lot you know mike tyson advocating the use of mushrooms so that you can get into transcendental states and experience things that your mind can't like to try and get away from that this is the same influences that the this thing of like don't think just experience something sensory tanks so that you can go beyond your body beyond your mind and then also added into that individualism and expressive individualism we have in the West. You marry these two things together and you can understand why you, church just feels like me and Jesus. There's no sense of me and the other. And it's me. How do I get to use my thing? And what am I doing? My experience. How do I feel? Was the worship good today for me? Do I feel built up? Do I feel blessed? Etc. Etc. Because it's my emotions. And we, we get into that place, right? And so Paul is teaching, use the spiritual gifts and do it in an orderly way so that the church is built up, strengthened. That it's not me and Jesus when I come to church, but it's us, brothers and sisters and Jesus when we come to church. It's me and Jesus when we're in our quiet times, our devotional times at home. Go crazy. Do whatever you like. Well, you know, open the Bible and get emotional with God. That's fine. But when we come together it's us so there is a mindfulness of each other that when we come together so that if i'm using a spiritual gift i'm doing it so that i can strengthen you guys and then when you use a spiritual gift it's to strengthen me and the person to your left etc etc does that make sense so paul's doing two things in this next kind of couple of chapters he's stirring up spoke uh spoking up no what am i trying to say stirring up spiritual gifts and teaching how to use them and this is really what we want to want to do. The church in the New Testament is sometimes described as a lampstand. And Jesus, we're told, walks amongst the lampstands. He promises he walks amongst us. So we as Trinity Church London are like a lampstand. And that, that has these two elements of fire and something that contains and holds the fire order to the fire fire that just runs rampant is destructive but fire when it's in a place gives life and heat and energy and light and this is the spirit of god amongst us and our passion as a church is to be a lampstand in the middle of london where the fire the spirit of god burns brightly amen the spirit of god burns amongst us so that heat and life might be found so that light might be found in us that this church might be a light to the city and other people might find their way in life because trinity church london exists and that needs a lampstand and it needs a fire so these next few weeks are going to be building a lampstand building understanding so that we know how to use the spiritual gifts and that we might be freed to use the spiritual gifts and in that this the presence and the spirit of god might rest upon us i you know we, there's a whole bunch of us who turn up early and set up the church if you want to turn up early come join us um that's not in the script but hilly will appreciate me on tuesday morning and you know we could put chairs out we could put the av up we could sing songs like we've got the skills to to do church if you know what i mean like we could do church and i was thinking on the way way on the bus and thinking like we, we could go through motions and we could put chairs out every sunday sing half an hour of songs have some family news read the bible preach the bible great see you next week I think, oh, 
if, the, if this is all it is, like, no thank you. Yeah, anyone with me? If that's all we're doing, no thanks. But what, what if this, when we're setting out the chairs, we are creating a lampstand for the fire of God to burn amongst us? What if when we're praying and planning and preparing and we're coming, we are preparing a lampstand so that the fire of God might burn brightly in our hearts, that we might experience something of his presence and, and know him? The testimony of this church, Paul says, that when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are used, he says the people will fall on their face and they will worship God and declare that God is really among you. I, I read that and I'm like, that's what I want Trinity Church to be. Don't you? Like, God is in that place. Like that youth pastor telling me about that room. Like, God's in the Coin Street Centre on a Sunday. Why? Because the people of God there in the name of Jesus Christ and they're lifting up his praise. If you want to know the fire of God, go there. The people, it's not like, hey, was the worship good? Was the preaching good? Like, all those things matter. Was the presence of God there? That's what our hearts, I think, are yearning for. If you're not a Christian here, you're so welcome. And uh, I haven't even got to my notes. I don't even know if I'm going to get to my notes. But you're so welcome. This is our heart's desire. And this is what we believe happens when brothers and sisters, God's people, gather together in Jesus' name, God's presence. It's not always hype. Sometimes God's presence comes in like the quietest of moments. If you've had like a quiet word from someone or someone has prayed something, and in that moment, you realize again, God is alive. Why do I doubt? He's alive and his eyes are on me. So we're not e equally looking for hype. We're looking for the presence of God. Sometimes the hottest of fires that they burn quietly and powerfully. And so in this very short chapter, very short introduction, I just want to say three things and then really just urge us and exhort us from this passage. The first thing is this, that we, that we learn about the Holy Spirit. This is really kind of setting the scene for us. All Christians, we're told, have the Holy Spirit. This might feel basic 101 for some of you, but all Christians have the Holy Spirit. The, what, what he's probably doing is comparing three different types of worship commentators think in this passage. Pagan worship, like the frenzied, just let's get emotional. And then there's the Jewish community, who some of them saw Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, and said, no, he's cursed, and then Christians. And so he says this in verse 2. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. It's this idea that I didn't really have control of myself. I was led to do something. I was emotional. Sunday worship is never, I had to do it. I just couldn't hold it back. No, we're told that the spirit of the prophet is under the prophet, that we can control everything. It's us. That's pagan worship. And then he says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. As some were claiming, I have God and this man, he's not the Messiah. But Christians say this, um, and, and, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And he's making this point that all Christians, those who claim the name of Jesus as their saviour and their Lord, no one can say that without having the Holy Spirit indwelling them, causing them to be born again, turning their heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Which means that all of us right now who are Christians have the Holy Spirit. Let me just make one application for this. 
because sometimes Pentecostal charismatic churches can think and or they say they say silly things sometimes I'm just speaking for myself okay I've heard Pentecostal churches say things about other churches who don't look and sound like us and they say things like oh that church I know them like they teach the Bible but they don't believe in the Holy Spirit ever heard anyone say that oh yeah they, they, they preach the gospel but they don't like the Holy Spirit it's a stupid thing to say because every Christian who is born of the Holy Spirit and says Jesus is Lord has the Holy Spirit so as we seek to go into the depths with God we recognize our brothers and sisters they might choose to do things differently but they have the Holy Spirit as well so we will treat them with humility and respect we're on the same team everyone who claims the name of Jesus has the Holy Spirit amen that's the first thing the second thing is this no one because of this is more special in church than another this is one of the real problems in Corinth they thought that if you had the gift of tongues that you were more special than someone who didn't have the gift of tongues and so those who had the gift of tongues really made use of it and they were just it seems like they would keep speaking in tongues sometimes for the entire service like when i say it was kind of chaotic i think it really was chaotic like they would just keep speaking in tongues because they there was a sense of them showing off like i'm mature i know god look at me for us today it's probably not the gift of tongues it's probably like preaching or worship leading or other types of gifts that we elevate but there can be this feeling that some gifts mean that you are more mature than other people. Anyone ever, felt, anyone ever felt like slightly inferior because of someone else's spiritual gift? Or you felt slightly jealous because of someone else's spiritual gift? What Paul seems to be getting at here is that there is no superiority or inferiority depending on gifts. Because Paul says in, in this verse, now concerning spiritual gifts literally if you just translate it it says concerning spirituals we add the gift to make sense of what paul is trying to say but now it's basically like now like spiritual life spirituality and he comforts and encourages everyone and says look at the very end no one can say jesus is lord except in the holy spirit so don't doubt that you're spiritual because you don't have that gift or that gift or it doesn't seem to work like that you have the holy spirit there is equality in this place which leads to the last point which is this because of that everyone who says jesus is lord and is therefore filled with the holy spirit has the ability to do everything we're going to talk about in chapters 12 13 and 14. everybody who is filled with the spirit has the ability to do this stuff everybody this is not for a few people you know like oh you know they're kind of inclined to be a bit more emotional so i would expect them to prophesy you know or they're just like a bit more like their personalities like they would have the gift of tongues it's like no if you have the holy spirit everything that we're going to look at is for us and so i think part of the challenge for us is are we willing to to walk into the deeps with god are we willing to walk into places that we feel uncomfortable or we don't know what will happen on the other side of taking that step of faith think of me like a 21 year old sandy miller's living room just i had a choice like 
there was a large part of me that thought like you've made this way way too uncomfortable for me like i'm english i don't do this kind of thing like i'll go home in my bedroom and i might try it out by myself first but he expected god to meet i thought no, I'm, i must i do not want to miss out and so i, I want us just like questions you, there will still be questions even after you start operating in the spiritual gifts i've still got questions Sometimes I, I hear people praying and then prayer meetings and think, I don't know how that fits in, but I sense the presence of God and we're just going to keep the Bible open and keep moving forward. I think that's okay. We're going to walk, though, into the deeps, amen. The Trinity Church London was, um, it was started by the works and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We started five years ago now, actually initiated by the Spirit seven years ago. But this, this church doesn't exist because a few people had a committee meeting or a plan or some strategic idea about starting the church. Trinity Church London exists because the Spirit spoke and gave gifts. Many, many, many different types of gifts. He gave some visions. He gave some gifts of faith. He gave some people prophetic words. Some people, they received a card that was on their church and on their chair in a conference. And it was God confirming. They knew when they turned over this card, it was God confirming. Some people had dreams that were confirmed the next day. Some people had people prophesy to them about moving to London from other nations. And they moved because God spoke to them about being involved in a church plant in central London. We have always been led by the Holy Spirit. We were started because a gift, a spiritual gift of generosity was given to us as a church so that we could be established here in central London. A spiritual gift. We're here because the spiritual gift of the apostle went before us in Stephen Heather Oliver and led the way so that we could start this and take new ground for Jesus in the kingdom of God in London. We were served by prophets who were gifted by the Holy Spirit who shaped us along the way. We knew that the Holy Spirit spoke to us even about venues. We knew that the, our Victoria time was done even before we got the phone, like two weeks before the Doubletree called us and said, by the way, you need to be out in January because we're doing a refurb. It, we're like, it's okay. God told us that two weeks ago. We sensed it and now we know that we're ready to move venue. God has led us by the Holy Spirit. And the temptation a point like this when you think okay well church kind of operates now we're out of that church plan like really scary zone like will we or will not survive it's like okay let's dial things back a little bit you know like we've got to that place of like we can do things so let's just go back into the functional humdrum of just doing services that would be a temptation it was the same temptation that the church in Galatia had. And Paul says, and he was like, not as nice as me, I don't think. You might think I'm not very nice. You keep that to yourself. But Paul, he was very direct. And he said to the church in Galatia, he says, Are you being so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be perfected in the flesh? It was a church similar to us. Like they'd experienced the power of God, the blessing of God in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they began to think, well, we can do church now. So maybe we can, with a few bits of our strategy and our thinking, stuff we're learning, from, we can implement that and we can carry on the work that the Holy Spirit started. And Paul says, are you going to be foolish? And I want to reiterate the question for us. Are we going to be foolish as a church and think, okay, we've, 
The Spirit started Trinity Church London, but we've got this from now, God. <laughs> I think we're going to be the wise ones, amen. We're going to say, Lord, you started this work and you're going to perfect it by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to walk, we're going to make ourselves open.